ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, happy holidays and welcome to the 177th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my event of the week, highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my event of the week that I attended was the Football University National Championships last weekend for youth football, specifically 6th, 7th, and 8th grade national championships. Think Williamsport for football. It was held in Naples, Florida, truly one of the most beautiful towns in the United States, without a doubt, and the weather was simply spectacular. And it was just a wonderful weekend. I covered nine games in three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and also covered two all-star games. So there was 12 teams there for the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade national championships. They were the uh, final 12 following basically a month-long national tournament that was held starting with uh, 64 teams, kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament, March Madness, and whittled down to 12 who all got to Naples, and in a historic first, Broward County, Florida, which is basically the Fort Lauderdale area just north of Miami, had a finalist in each of the grades, 6th, 7th, and 8th, so it's an easy trip for them to come across uh, Alligator Alley from the Lauderdale area right over to Naples. And they certainly had the fan support to show it. And so it was just uh, special. The talent level of these kids is uh, just off the charts. These are kids that, you know, a lot of these kids are definitely going to uh, star in high school. Some of them will get college scholarships. A few will probably make the NFL. They're that good, the size of them. Some of the linemen, you know, 250-plus in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Truly remarkable and really, really fun to watch. It's my fourth year doing it. Uh, The first three I did were down in San Antonio, Texas, held in conjunction with the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. It's the same organization, All-American Games based in New Jersey, that puts on both the U.S. Army All-American Bowl and the Football University National Championships. So the All-American Bowl will be a week from tomorrow down in San Antonio. And typically, the week between Christmas and New Year's, in addition, the FBU National Championships were held concurrently in San Antonio. But in addition to the move to Naples this year, they also moved it up a couple weeks to, obviously, last weekend. 
So in the sixth grade game on Sunday morning, well, this, uh, let me just say the semifinals were held all day Friday, six games. Uh, and then I covered four of them. Missed two because I did the radio show last week live from Naples. And then Sunday were the national championships. And in the first one, Sunday morning, sixth grade, the Houston, Texas team beat Broward County. In the seventh grade, also held beginning in the morning into the early afternoon, uh, North Texas, seventh grade, beat Broward County. And the North Texas seventh graders, coached by Ray Mickens, formerly of the Jets, great cornerback back in the day. Uh, He coached them to the sixth grade national championship, and the core of that team made up the seventh grade team as well. Some of the same stars were on the team one grade higher. And they won the national championship, so ostensibly for the second year in a row. Uh, so a building, dyna- budding dynasty there. We'll see if they can do it next year for the eighth grade to make it three in a row. Uh, and then Broward County did break through and won the eighth grade national championship, which was, by the way, on NBC Sports Network at 3.30 last Sunday afternoon. They beat a team from Utah. Great game. Great game. And uh, worthy of NBC Sports uh, Network coverage. The earlier games were covered by ESPN3. So it was really just a special weekend. Uh, on Tuesday, or excuse me, on Saturday evening, afternoon and evening, I did, uh, they held the East Bay uh, all-Star Games, which is a collection of 7th and 8th graders from around the country. There was a 7th grade game and an 8th grade game. And those were great games. Some of the best players in at that age level from around the country. And what really uh, made the night unique was Hayes Greer was uh, the quarterback for one of the East Bay 8th grade teams. And little did I know until I got there that he is an internet sensation, teenager, 15 years old, from North Carolina, but he has this gigantic following of uh, from Vine, the social media network, and so teenage girls turned out in droves to see him. It was literally like going to a One Direction concert. They were shrieking every time he touched the ball. When he came on and off the field, he literally needed a police escort off the field. Just the, these teenage girls were just ringing the field, and uh, it really elevated what was already a, a good event into just a, a unique event. And uh, he can play. He, he uh, you know, showed some real flashes at quarterback. So. Impressive young man, to say the least, and it was really, uh, you know, a, a great education on the power of social media for teenagers. How word spread throughout Naples, and all these uh, young women were showing up to cheer on, see, meet, whatever, take pictures with, hold signs for Hayes Greer, and so it was really. Uh, uh, a special evening at Naples High School, that's for sure, where everything was held, basically, uh, for the weekend. There was one other spot, Fleischman Park in Naples, right across the street, basically, where the semis were held. And uh, just a fabulous weekend. You can read all about it, all the games I covered, and more photos, the whole bit. Great coverage on their website, which is www. 
F-B-U-N-C, as in footballuniversity.org. F-B-U-N-C, again, is the website. And it's .com, not .org, sorry. F-B-U-N-C.com. FBU National Championship. So, great, great time down in Naples. And All-American Games does a spectacular job putting this event on. So, moving on to another level of pro fo- of football. Let's talk NFL for my highlight of the week. Uh, they once again have delivered a fabulous final weekend playoff scenario. It's basically the playoffs start a week early. You know, there's postseason playoff play-in games this Sunday, i.e. Panthers-Falcons, staying alive games with games like Chargers-Chiefs. They're both still alive. Chargers hold the upper hand. That'll be a great one. Spectacular seeding games such as Steelers-Bengals, Packers-Lions, both competing for division championships. Uh, and just as importantly, where they're going to land in the playoff seeding, home games, Things like that, potential bye weeks, it's all on the table, it's going to be great. Meanwhile, we here in New England, and those of us fortunate to be season ticket holders are just yet again sitting pretty, I always say it, these are the good old days, we're so lucky up here, Uh, we're just sitting back, it's basically a meaningless game on Sunday, home field throughout is already in hand for the Patriots, bye week already in hand. It's all gearing and hoped for for the AFC title game, which happens to be my favorite day in sports. Uh, The AFC and NFC title game, two winners go to the Super Bowl. I've been fortunate enough to get to see five or so of these up here in New England in the past uh, 10, 12 years. I've seen them down in Pittsburgh when I used to cover the Steelers, so... I'm a pretty lucky guy since, again, it's my favorite day in sports. And uh, all of New England is totally geared up for, of course, hosting the first playoff game. That's already in the bag. But if they win, of course, then the following week they'll be hosting the AFC title game. And uh, already excited to attend those. Foxborough's Gillette Stadium is 20 minutes from uh, where I live. So it's just going to be awesome. On the flip side, my low light of the week, back uh, sticking with the NFL, is you know the Philadelphia Eagles losing to the Redskins and not making the playoffs. It's an absolutely stunning result when you realize they were like nine and three. This is a collapse of epic proportions. Of course, it's tough to focus on it. There's so much going on. So many teams, just like I mentioned, fighting for playoff bursts, conference titles, what have you, seeding. That, you know, it's tough to just really step back and focus on a team that didn't make the playoffs. But, you know, Philadelphia has quite a history, as we all know, with uh, with sports and uh, some epic failures. And I got to put this one in that category. I mean, you know, as time, I'm sure it's a big deal down in Philly, that's for sure. But as time unwinds, you know, it's just going to be analyzed and Again, claps of epic proportions. They were in the bag. Like, by Thanksgiving, it was just, who are the Eagles going to play? Are they going to host? I mean, this was a done deal. Chip Kelly, uh, you know, I like Chip Kelly. Fascinating guy, fascinating coach. uh, But, you know, 
it all just really crumbled. Three losses in a row, I believe, here at the end. And we'll see where they go from here. I think Chip Kelly will get them back on track. But uh, this one's going to hurt for a while for the Eagles. It, it was really uh, a stunner. On the flip side of that, credit to the San Diego Chargers. For them to keep their season alive, down 28-7 to the Niners last weekend and come back and win that game, I believe is Saturday night. You know, awesome. Philip Rivers is special. You know, he, he never liked him. I thought he was kind of, you know, punkish early in his career. A lot of talking. We beat like the Colts and Peyton Manning back, you know, 10 years ago or so in some of those playoff games. But then I went to the 2007 AFC Championship game, watched him play with a torn ACL, and I never forgot it. I've liked him ever since. Looked at him differently. And he still likes to talk, but boy, what he did last week in winning that game, he had two fourth quarter, fourth down plays to keep it alive, and it was just really impressive. Finally, my bizarre story of the week was the Central Michigan Hail Mary lateral touchdown on the final play of the game on Christmas Eve. Uh, Yeah, just an amazing play. We're going to be seeing that one for the rest of our lives. Uh... You know, the catch, which was like a 60, 70 yarder, and then three, four laterals. The guy gets in, goes across the field, the final guy with the ball for uh, Central Michigan, catches the pylon, he scores, and then best of all, to make it truly bizarre, was they went for two, for which I give him all credit. I love the call. They'd scored like 34 points, I believe, in the fourth quarter. That's just stunning quarterback had seven touchdown passes but they didn't get the two-point conversion they lost by one point and that was that so truly uh, uh quite a way to kind of kick off bowl season here and uh speaking of bowl season uh we'll have plenty of time to talk about it with our weekly calling guest ap stedham and we'll talk with ap right after this break Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., happy holidays, and thanks for joining us uh, on the day after Christmas. Hey, happy holidays, John. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. I hope you had a good one down there in Alabama and... uh, you know, it's. I was saying earlier, uh, we had an all-time, well, I wasn't saying it earlier, but I'll say it now. We had a, the warmest Christmas day in the history of Boston, 62 degrees yesterday, more of the same today and tomorrow, and uh, I'm sure your weather was pretty good down south as well. Yeah, John, I think your, your temperature is a little bit warmer than ours, <laughs> believe it or not. Shocker. Shocker. Well, <laughs> I bet... I, I returned from 10 days in Florida, so uh, to reenter the Northeast in warmth and Christmas week was just delightful for me. I couldn't be more pleased because nobody likes to come back into a Nor'easter for Christmas week, that's for sure. No, that's a difficult <laughs> transition, so I'm glad it was good weather for you all up there. Yeah, bright and sunny, and it, it, literally I'm looking out here, it looks just like Florida, sort of, <laughs> um, <laughs> without palm trees, but... Uh, well, you know, I ended my first segment talking about uh, that unbelievable play in the Central Michigan game at the end. Uh, I, I would call it a combination of the Hail Mary slash Stanford Band type play. It was just, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's not quite a Hail Mary, but, it, you know, it, we'll see that play for the rest of our lives the same way we see the Stanford Band play. John, I think that's the first hyphenated uh, uh, touchdown play at the end of the game. Of the, the way you explained it, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was a, mir- a miracle play would probably be the, 
simplest. Uh, all, all respect to Doug Flutie and the Miracle in Miami, but that was remarkable. You know, I I got out of the shower. I'm getting ready to go to a family event. You know, I've been watching the game like many people turned it off. It was 42-14 or something crazy. And right when I got out and just getting ready to go to a family event on Christmas Eve and Luckily, I had kept it on the channel, and there it was. I got to see it live, and I, I was just in disbelief. Let's just say my getting ready to go out that evening was held up a little bit because it just froze me, you know, and I had to, like, stick around for the unbelievable, you know, just follow-up from the announcers. It was a remarkable thing to see, and equally remarkable was that they went for two. Yeah, John, I, you know, when somebody comes so back from so far that deficit, large deficit, I I just hate to see when the coach goes for two because I, I don't want to put it all on one play. They they worked so hard. It was such an amazing comeback. I, I, I'd like to put the pressure on the other team to see if they can recover. Yeah, and he had interesting comments after the game. I, I loved his comments. Intense guy, of course. And, uh, you know, he just said that you know, he felt, you know, they were on a roll. He was sending out the PAT team, but yet somebody on the sidelines, I think one of the players just said, how about going for two? And he just, like, changed his mind right then and there. And, yeah. you know, he had a, a – they had scored 34 points, I believe, in the fourth quarter. I mean, to say they had the momentum would be a wild understatement. It was incredible <laughs> what they did. Yeah. But, you know, you're right, too. I mean, I always love these, you know, going for two. It could be Tom Osborne going for two against Miami in the yeah. 1983 Orange Bowl for the national championship. Or right. it could be, you know, two days ago, uh, Central Michigan. You know, I've, I, I always like the call. But, boy, you, I mean, you do make a good point that, like, that momentum, you could easily make the case that, you know, that momentum surely would have carried into overtime. I mean... You know, Western Kentucky right. would have been so stunned to be tied at that moment. It might have been over pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, and if the coach felt that he was hot with his play calling, that would have continued, you know, to put it all on the one play. You know, you're going to miss some plays in there even when you're hot. So that's, uh, I was just, I felt badly for those players uh, to make a spectacular comeback. Maybe, I don't know what the greatest comeback in bowl history was, but it has to be right up there in top five, probably. It has to be. Again, I'm pretty sure 34 points in the fourth quarter. I believe it was seven touchdown passes for the quarterback. The guy who broke up the pass, I think his first name was Wonderful, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I mean, what a name. What a perfect name. What he did was wonderful. That was a heck of a play, by the way. You know? yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I, I kind of watched the replay there. We were you know eating dinner and things, and then uh, we finally saw that score. So we got to replay that. We watched it, and I can't. I think it was maybe four or five people touched that ball, the, the Stanford band play. But I want to say, you know, during the huddle on the sideline, then it's, you know, Hail Mary, Stanford band play on one or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and, you know, Give them credit, Central Florida, excuse me, Central Michigan, for, you know, that was an amazing play, but more amazing because a couple, like, they were so close to not being laterals, but yet those guys had the presence of mind, or at least one guy for sure, like, kind of stepped back. I think it might have been the final guy, like, took a step back, maybe two, to be sure he, it was a lateral, not a forward pass. It would have ended the play right there, and, uh, 
that was so heads up. I mean, that, that looked as organized as you could have in that situation. I mean, uh, you, you can't really plan a play like that. You just have to go with it. But they were, uh-huh. you know, they were great. John, I don't think you could have practiced that play without anybody else on the field and run it with such precision. Exactly. That's it. Precision. Perfect word. You cannot in any way, shape, or form, you know, plan something like that or practice it because you have no idea how the defense is going to react and therefore what laterals need to be made and blah, blah, blah. It's just impossible. And uh, But that was, you know... It wasn't the kickoff for bowl season, but it was sure was like, you know, it kind of felt like it. And, you know, here we are. Uh, it's underway. And, you know, I touched on this last week. I, I know that, uh, for instance, flying back on JetBlue from Florida to Boston on Monday, there was like the Miami Bowl, uh, first ever from the Marlin Stadium, which, by the way, that was a fascinating ending with the brawl. Um, good game, but you know, I, I love that, you know, these games are on, uh, the heart of Dallas bowl just kicked off here, Illinois and Louisiana tech, uh, a couple good ones actually tonight. Uh, you know, for people like me and you, they're all good, right? Um, yeah, I like to see the, the, the players get a chance to compete at the end of the year and get a little reward for the season. And I, I think it's exciting for them. I mean, a lot of people, they, they discouraged the number of bowls, but I'm always in favor of having more teams play. Yeah, like tonight, uh, there's a game that I'm intrigued by because it's the St. Petersburg Bowl, and during my journey in Florida, I drove right by Tropicana Field, uh, where the Tampa Bay Rays play, where the game will be held tonight. It's an intriguing one. It's uh, North Carolina State, which is of uh, you know an interesting team. Let's not forget they were the team that I think had Florida down, Florida State down, maybe twenty-one nothing or something like that. They dominated the first half, but of course, the Seminoles come back as they have. But they're playing Central Florida, a team that, like Memphis and the Miami Bowl, we know well from our coverage of the American Athletic Conference. And I saw a thing where Central Florida is going for like their tenth win for what will be, I think, maybe the third year in a row. Let's not forget Blake Borders was their quarterback last year, and they had a huge bowl victory. And uh, But, wow, you know, we met George O'Leary, their coach in Newport, Rhode Island, at All-American Conference Football Media Day this past August. Uh, we met the athletic director, Todd Stansberry, and, you know, they're on mine and yours radar screen. But suddenly, you know, we're looking at a – uh, you know, a burgeoning football power here. Yeah, he, he's a guy that always had a good offensive mind, George O'Leary, and there's, he's right in the heart of football country in Florida. So, so much talent, big university, have a good stadium to play there in Orlando. And you're right, he's on the verge of a 10-win season. He had one loss in the conference. Uh, so, you know, they're looking to make a name for themselves on the um, you know national scene by beating another Power Five team. Yeah, you know, they really are. Team. They really yeah. are, and you know it's. Uh, I always like this fact because I, I don't think most people know it. I've said it before on the show, but you know, Central Florida is the second biggest university in the United States by student population. That's just a stunner, but you know, 
I, I read that and I see what they're doing on the football field. And that's why I come to the conclusion that, you know, and obviously they're in Orlando, as you said, they have a great stadium. Um, yeah, I, you look at that team and you say, boy, they're, they're building something that is, you know, they're already, you know, have had some games on the national stage, but now they're looking to become like a mainstay, like, like you said, a, a traditional power practically. So, and George O'Leary can get the job done. He has, you know, quite the pedigree, both good and bad, but, you, you know, he's done a lot of wonderful things in, in his career. Oh, yeah, and John, you know, they started this season 0-2. You know, a tough loss over there in Ireland, that one-point, uh, a two-point decision to Penn State, uh, and then they went to Missouri and got blown out. But they came back and won those games, and of all teams to upset them was Connecticut upset them. Correct. That's right. UConn. Exactly. Good point. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If not for the UConn loss, would they not be on like a 9-10 game winning streak, something like that? Right, right. The 10-10 uh, games. Yeah. Amazing. Well, again, I'm intrigued by that game. That's for sure. And uh, But we have lots more to talk about, but why don't we take our break now? I know you're sticking around. We're going to talk a little more college football, uh, but right now let's take our break and Get back to bowl season on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we're going over bowl season. We just 
finish last segment by talking about the uh, tonight's game in St. Petersburg, the St. Petersburg Bowl, which is North Carolina State versus Central Florida. But, you know, uh, and I mentioned I drove by, I was in the St. Pete area Monday a week ago, and great area for bowl games. And in recent years, I've been down... uh, you know, down between the week between Christmas and New Year's in that Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater area, which is often when they have the Outback Bowl and what is now the uh, Russell Athletic Bowl. The Outback Bowl is uh, at the Tampa Bay Buck Stadium each year. It's uh, And the Russell Athletic Bowl is in Orlando, actually. So, yeah, it's great. And Orlando's only an hour from Tampa. So it's really, you know, just a lot of fun down there. The Outback Bowl this year is Auburn versus Wisconsin and uh, the Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando. And I think we met some people, you and I did, when we were at UConn for the Michigan game. Remember we met their representatives at that game? Yes, yeah, we did. So, yeah, they they always have a good bowl, Outback Bowl, Citrus Bowl, there's They've been around a long time, and they have a good reputation among the college teams. And, and Tampa's always a good host. I mean, they, they host Super Bowls, and in two years' time, they'll, they'll be hosting the national championship, actually, in Tampa. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the other one, the Buffalo Wild Wing Citrus Bowl is January 1 in Orlando. That's Minnesota versus Missouri. That's a good one. Uh, Auburn, Wisconsin, like just, again, having been there, I can only imagine how many fans they'll bring down. That's also a January 1 game. That's in Tampa, you know, December 29th, Oklahoma-Clemson in the Russell Athletic Bowl. So, yeah, it's a great reward. And, again, for me, it's my perspective has just been, you know, I've been down there when these games are being played, being Orlando or the Tampa area. And the energy that the fans bring, you know, and they're looking to get out of the cold the same way I am or you are. And, uh, you know, it's so much fun. It really is. I mean, you know, I go back and forth with bowl games. I mean, this year, probably more than ever, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. They can seem meaningless. But, boy, when you're right down there and you're kind of witnessing it. And I was, you know, in Naples on Monday when right across the way at, in Miami was the first ever Miami Bowl at Marlin Stadium. Um, yeah, it's a nice reward. It really is. You, you know, you gain a different kind of appreciation for what these bowl games. I think we've all seen the, uh, you know, you know the film, if you will, the video of when uh, I think it was Central Michigan when they when it was announced they were going. A team went went to the Bahamas versus Detroit, and the players just went nuts when the announcement was made. It was awesome. Yeah, a lot of these players, I mean, you know, a lot of people never been to Bahamas, so yeah, it's a great opportunity. Why, why not? You know, have these different games across the country and then and across the ocean there now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, one other game today, by the way, lest we forget. And I love the names, I really do. <laughs> the, uh, the quick, la- the, the quick lane bowl, Rutgers versus North Carolina, Big Ten versus ACC. You know that'll be the, that'll be a good one. Um, 
So, yeah, it's just fascinating. A game I watched the other night, and this is one of the great names, the San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. And that was Navy and San Diego State. So it was played in San Diego. San Diego State's the home team. They had a great record. And then Navy uh, playing in a true, true Navy town. Anybody who's ever been to San Diego knows the overwhelming naval presence there. So that was a fun game to watch as well. That Navy quarterback, he is special. Keenan Reynolds. Yeah, that was that was quite a quite a ball game there. I mean, the the fans got their money's worth too with that score. They sure did. They sure did. You know, uh, again, that kid, he has a unique record uh, going into the game. I, I guess he, you know, the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in the history of college football. That's a stunning record. Yeah, that's that's quite an astonishing record and a quite an accomplishment considering all of college football and the history of college football. That's, that's uh, amazing. It truly is amazing. Uh, really. That, that was an eye catcher. You know, I had the pleasure to see him in the army Navy game in Philadelphia a couple of years ago when he once again broke, you know, the uh, cadets hearts, uh, you know, with, with, with a winning game. I mean, they've now won 13 in a row. It's stunning. Most in the history of that, storied rivalry but uh yeah navy i mean i guess they have the number one rushing attack in the country if i'm not mistaken um you know all credit to them they 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 produce year in year out yeah that's 60 touchdowns by a quarterback john i mean you have people that play at schools are known for their tailbacks they don't have 60 rushing touchdowns exactly exactly um, and they still run as close to the old wishbone as you're going to find in, practically at any level today, uh, let alone, you know, Division One college football. So, you know, they know what they do good, and they stick with it. Good for them. Yeah, yeah they're just right above uh, Georgia Tech by about five yards, and then after that, it's Wisconsin. Those are the top three rushing teams, uh, over 300 yards a game. Yes, yes. You know, so... The, they uh, have a system, and they run it to perfection, and, and no one seems to be able to stop them. Correct. Well, I think it's time we get into some of the big boys and the long-awaited college football playoffs that begin. Hard to believe, and I'm sure you're very excited. It's less than a week now till the first-ever semifinal games, beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern uh, this Thursday, six days from now. Uh, you're going to be going to the Sugar Bowl, which is 8.30 at night on New Year's Day night. <laughs> and uh, you'll be there. You're, you, you live in Alabama. You know, what's the mood? It must just be like building, like, uh, you know, with some serious momentum about now. And now that Christmas is behind us, now there'll be a real focus on football in Alabama. Yeah, yeah John, there's, there's quite a, a, you know, quite the storylines with, you know, starting right at the top with the two coaches, Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. Uh, yep. Probably you know, two of the premier coaches in the country, I believe. And, uh, you know, they've had that rivalry in the SEC. Now they're going to continue the game with the SEC and Big Ten. I mean, that's another storyline. Anytime the SEC can play a Big Ten team and vice versa, there's a lot of interest and a lot of a lot of riding on that game for prestige and, and, and for future uh 
you know, evaluations with the college football playoff system. I mean, that, that plays into the mind of the voters uh, down the road. So it's important, uh, the outcome of these games. I mean, if, you know, if one team would, would have a, you know, blowout loss, that's going to, that, that will stay with the, the committee members for quite a long time, I think. Yeah, and here's my, you know, potential take on this game, and I'm sure you wouldn't mind it since that would put you squarely in the national championship game. I think there's a distinct chance that what's going to happen is, we, as we all know, Ohio State's on the third-string quarterback. They've already lost two Heisman Trophy candidates, and uh, so the quarterback will be the third-stringer, basically, Cardell Jones, and... You know, he came out and he played fabulous. You know, uh, J.T. Barrett, the, the second-string quarterback, after Braxton Miller went down in the preseason, J.T. Barrett had a Heisman candidate year. Goes down against Michigan. They bring in Cardell Jones. He lights it up, in along with the rest of his team, a lot of support in the Big Ten championship, fifty-nine nothing to beat Wisconsin. But what I think is very likely to happen is, you know, it's easy to do that after one week and momentum and just all that, all everything at stake on the line. But I think, you know, Alabama might just terrorize him. There's no other way to say it, you know, all this time to plan for it. And, and I just think, and this is nothing against him. He has a big arm. He's a huge kid. And I just think that there's a real chance that, you know he's going to come back to earth, and it might not be pretty in the in the Sugar Bowl next next Thursday night. Yeah, John, that's that's a possibility. I mean, he's going to see all types of, of blitzes, I'm sure, and stunts from the defensive line, and, and Alabama's going to tee off on him because I don't think he's a, as mobile a quarterback as the other two. Correct, correct. But he Huge is, quarterback, he, you know, big, big, you know, two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty pounds, six four five. And he had, you know, have I mean, a fabulous game in a championship setting. So the lights didn't bother him, and now he's got three more weeks to improve. So that that's you have to take that into consideration as well. And yeah, my, good point. My smart, smart coach, our smart coach, and he'll probably be, you know, very good at specifying the plays that he has succeeded with in that short time. So. Uh, you know, Ohio State is, is definitely an improving team. So I, I just don't, you know, I don't have a good feel for what the score might be. I really don't. But I, I'll say that whichever team lays the ball on the ground or gives it away in the air, their chances are going to be diminished. Correct, correct. And let me just say, I was thinking of you this morning because you've already talked about uh, – Urban Meyer versus Nick Saban, but you, you've referenced in previous shows that, you know, the last time was Woody Hayes versus Bear Bryant, and there was an article in the uh, Columbus Dispatch, Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State is located, under the headline, when OSU Bama was Woody versus Bear. Thought of you when I saw that today, actually. And... uh and that really does say it all. It's just two storied programs, two storied coaches already in, in Meyer and yeah. Saban. And that's going to be, you know, special. I just I just hope, given the selection process, put it this way, if it turns into a blowout where Ohio State just can't get it done with the young quarterback against a, 
obviously, you know, battle-tested Alabama team. Uh, you know, TCU and Baylor are going to be screaming, to put it mildly. Yeah, there'll always be the Monday morning quarterback of this game. Uh, gets ugly quickly. And yeah, TCU and Baylor, their fans will be lighting up the, you know, the internet. Yes, well, bottom line, we all hope it's a good game uh, for for us, for viewers, and for the playoff committee as well. You know, they went out on a limb there, and putting Ohio State in, I would have done the same thing if it was my vote that counted, by the way. So, uh, by no means criticizing, I'm just saying it's going to, you know, these are the storylines that we love. But uh, why don't we just take our break here, and uh, got a lot, little more to talk about on the other side. Uh but for now, we'll take our break and do finalize the college football play, playoff bowl system when we get back from the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, 
of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the Cincinnati Bengals-Pittsburgh Steelers game on Sunday night. Uh, should be great theater as they fight it out for the AFC North championship, playoff seating and the like. So that'll uh, conclude the regular season. So it should be a lot of fun. It'll be a great way to lead into the playoffs. But we're sticking with college football and AP, at the end of the last segment, we were talking, of course, about Alabama versus Ohio State, New Year's night, 8.30 Eastern time. Uh, I know you're covering the game, and uh, I'd love to hear your uh, game perspective uh, as we head into the game in six days. Hard to believe. Yeah, it's hard to believe, John. It really is. It's flipped up on us here. But, you know, Ohio State, like as I said last segment or so, they're, they're improving, and, you know, they've got a running attack that's pretty strong, 1,400-yard uh, season for Ezekiel Elliott, 12 touchdowns, average over 107 yards per game. they got a big play wide receiver, uh, Devin Smith. I think all his touchdowns have averaged about 35, 36 yards every time. So, you know, he'll be, he'll be difficult to defend. And Alabama has, has given up with the deep pass this year. So, and a uh, big, strong arm quarterback, Cardello Jones, he can get it down the field. He has that unbelievable game, 375 yards, five TDs in the championship against Wisconsin. So uh, Alabama's going to have their hands full because uh, Ohio State, they average 45 points a game. They're, they're balanced on offense, 260 rushing, 246 passing, over 500 yards. The defense is, is pretty good, you know, pretty good defense, only 320 yards they give up. Uh, but, but I, you know, in Alabama, they're, they're going to be, a little bit healthier, you know, the running back situation, T.J. Yeldon, he's been nicked up through the year, so I'm able to give them some time to uh, get on track and Derrick Henry. But uh, I think that if Alabama can, you know, keep, keep, the, keep the ball and keep possession and, and the running backs don't fumble the, the ball and Blake, Blake Simpson, so two, two or three interceptions, I think Alabama can beat Ohio State because uh, they just have a little bit more quickness, I think, on defense. And uh, I think that will sustain them when things get difficult. And they've been, you know, tested through the years. And, uh, you know, they're a high-scoring team. And, but, but, you know, Lane Kiffin will come up with some plays to get the ball into Amari Cooper's hand. And if they double, triple team him, you know, you go for DeAndre White, you know, get the tight end O.J. Howard to make some big plays. So I, I think it'll be a, a real competitive game with Alabama, you know, getting that victory. But Ohio State is a very good team. And, you know, even though TCU and Baylor might think otherwise, they should be in the playoffs. Ohio State can win this whole thing. Should be interesting. No doubt about it. Well, it's going to be great. I'm going to be watching the game knowing you're there and enjoying it that much more. Of course, there's another big game, the early game of the day, which is the appropriate normal time we're used to here in the East Coast, which is 5 o'clock Eastern time, which will be course, Florida State versus Oregon and Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Mariota, the last two Heisman Trophy winners, because Jameis Winston, of course, is the uh, is the quarterback for Florida State. That looks like it could be an awesome game, and the Rose Bowl is a great setting. Yeah, this, this game, John, might be the team with the, who uh, has the last possession. Uh, right. Because, because those two quarterbacks, they can light it up. They Tremendous offensive players, and 
uh, Marcus Mariota, I think he can outrun it, uh, somebody on the Florida State track team. He's that fast, those long legs. And uh, I, I expect that game to be probably in the 30s. Somebody's going to score in the 30s. Uh, right. And, you know, maybe, you know, Florida State gets, you know, high, high 20s. And I, maybe Florida, uh, Oregon, you know, might eke out that victory, I think, because, uh, how many times can you go to the well and, and come up with a victory? I mean, Florida State, they're third, with a 30-game winning streak. They know how to win, but Oregon State, they're pretty tough to to beat, and uh, I think they might have the edge. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be great. You know, Oregon, uh, you know, it's interesting because they've just turned into a football power. I talked at the beginning of the show about football university, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade national championships that I covered. And, you know, a bunch of teams from Florida were there, teams from Oregon. And it was interesting where all the teams from Oregon wear the green and gold, just like, uh, you know, the school with the famous uniforms wears. And it was just really, uh, you know, fascinating to see. And, of course, you know, all the Florida teams as well, first time ever in history, all the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade teams' final game each had a representative from Broward County with the Fort Lauderdale area. But Oregon has become, you know, a national national power, a football power from top to bottom, from youth right up through college. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're very popular. They're, they're fun to watch with that high-powered offense. They play fast and loose. They have all the variations in their their uniforms and but one of the things I mentioned to you, John, you know, Oregon lost their top cornerback he tore his ACL and their 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 pass defense nationally is like a hundred and third, which was way down. So but that's not gonna affect Oregon. I mean it doesn't seem to affect them in, in winning ball games. They just can score so many points. So uh you know, someone might might say that that's a reason for Florida State to win, but it hasn't stopped Oregon from winning in the past, even though their defense on the secondary has been ranked 103rd. Well, let me ask you this, AP. We're down under two minutes. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Marcus Mariota and how likable he is and, you know, humble and whatnot. And you were there at the Heisman Trophy presentation uh, a couple weeks ago live and in person. What are your thoughts about Mar- Marcus Mariota after, you know, having seen him? Oh, yeah, he's very impressive. He, he's all those things that you said. He's very humble, and he, he seems to be a, a great uh, person on the team. You know, he's someone that you like to have as a, as a leader. And I think if you're a head coach, you, you're, you're putting your head down to sleep at night, and, you know, you're not thinking that you're going to get a phone call in the middle of the night that he did something. So that's comforting in in and of itself in this day and age. So yeah, he's a terrific player. Uh, he he did real well when he was a uh, player in uh, Hawaii. You know, the top high school out there. So then he's a great representative of the uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, as I spoke to Eddie George last week or for the Heisman Trophy situation, he said you don't have to be a saint, but uh, you want somebody who's going to represent the. Uh, the trophy and the, all that goes along with it with some class and some pride. Exactly, exactly. Well, AP, hard to believe we've uh, come to the end of our show. Great job as always. 
great to have know a representative of the show is going to be at the semifinal game uh, this Thursday, New Year's night. Once again, as always, thanks for your perspective and great job. Hey, thank you, John. Thank you very much, and uh, happy holidays to all the listeners. All right. Happy holidays to you as well, and thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.